0: What's going on, you friendly and feisty finches? Welcome to this week's episode of Total Pod Mode. My name is James, also known as Mr. Bames, and I'm joined, as always, by the wondrous Will, also known as Hudafunk.
1: What's up, guys? Good to be here.
0: And good to have you, my friend. Coming up on today's episode, we've got our usual catch-up, followed by this week's news, where we talk about some disputes on some rumours that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago to do with Nintendo. We've got some absolute drivel being spoken about by a CEO of a major games company. And then we round out the news with, of course, the Game Awards 2023. We've got nominations, guys, and we're going to go through some of them. Rounding out the episode with my challenge. Will set me a challenge in Skyrim this week. Find out how I got on at the end of the episode. But first, let's hit them socials. You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pod Mode.
1: We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode.
0: You can also find us on X by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word.
1: Or you can find me at whodafunk on X, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash And you can
0: find me on X at MrBames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv. Slash Mr. Bames TPM. So, man, let's hit it. What have you been playing this week?
1: Uh, so, this week is actually the final week that I'm away, and I'll be returning next week. So, still on the road at the moment, and still not finding all that much of an opportunity to put any time into any new games. <laughs> uh, I guess the only thing that's probably worth covering is I've been playing a little bit more of Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom.
0: Oh, yeah? Bit more exploring, or have you actually gotten into some questies?
1: I have gotten into a few quests now, but it's more sort of the mini quests that are around the landscape. I've been helping a couple people out with uh, equipping a horse with a cart, um, supporting some signs that someone's trying to hang up around the landscape by using the uh, Ultra Hand ability to glue things together and help them support the sign. So, just being a good citizen. Yeah, 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 yeah very nice. Got a new horse uh, named in Bluey because of uh, the colour of his coat, obviously. It, it kind of, yeah, I couldn't really think of anything better at the time, so... Smurf? Yeah, that would have probably been a better, yeah. Smurfette if it's uh, female? It didn't take you uh, very long at all to come up with that. Maybe, maybe there's a rename ability... <laughs> Uh, somewhere there i finally gotten to the two main villages uh that you find initially in breath of the world as well so i'm figuring out what's going on there kakariko uh, kakariko and hatano village as well uh yeah there uh there's like a floating ringed structures outside kakariko village so need to investigate those some more so i've started to get into some of the more juicier main mission stuff i think I've also found a couple memories along the way uh, where it shows Ganondorf plotting on how he's going to take over Hyrule uh, unsuccessfully in this plan. He sends like a load of these fish monsters out of the desert area in the game towards the main Hyrule Kingdom and is thwarted by a large laser beam that uh, is emanated from Zelda and then the new race of creatures in the game. Uh, So you just kind of see one of Ganondorf's initial plots to break into Hyrule being thwarted and he figures out that he's going to need to do something special Uh, in order to get past them and finally take over. So you're obviously seeing a glimpse from the past.
0: Do you reckon it's a sort of glimpse of the past where you'll be able to like go back in time and do some stuff in that world or is it more just a flashback, do you think? Just to set some more lore up.
1: It's very much a flashback, yeah. They handle these pretty much exactly how Breath of the Wild did where there's just certain locations in the game where you can discover, I think they call it just like a memory.
0: Oh, I think I got one of those actually, yeah. You get like a mini cinematic-y type thing and then that's about it.
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah. That's about kind of the only cinematic things in the game that you get other than encountering main mission things uh so they just kind of give you a bit more context and a bit more of an idea about the story Uh, i guess to just keep you going in between you exploring this massive landscape as well
0: yeah makes sense
1: i've been experimenting a little bit with the ultra hand ability in combined with the rewind ability and i've been finding that really really useful to do some interesting stuff with moving pieces and blocks around the environment I think I described a really basic technique of doing this before initially when I talked about Tears of the Kingdom where I was doing something like levitating a rock from the ground into the air and then lowering it onto the ground again and then standing on that rock and then using the rewind ability to make it reverse through time and as you do that it will then replicate every single movement that's happened to that object within the last 20 seconds or so so you can use it to actually turn any old object into a platform that you can manipulate and move in any way that you want and use it to navigate the environment. So there's one challenge in the game where you need to help a Korok that's seriously overloaded with some baggage across a river to his friend. Sounds
0: about right, yeah. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. It's kind of the level of a uh, mini side quest that you get in the game. And I suppose the typical way of doing that would be to fashion some sort of raft using the ultra-hand ability, glue some planks together and sail across the river. But instead, I just picked up the creature, hovered him over the river about halfway, and then pulled him back and set him down on the bank, swam across the river, activated the rewind ability to... make him hover up and come back across the river to me and then I just snatched him out the air with the ultra hand ability That's cool. and just pull him across so there's some really interesting ways that you can use these abilities in conjunction to figure out some very interesting solutions to the puzzles and uh, I'm just kind of getting into that now I think it's starting to click in my head I'm starting to think with ultra hand abilities.
0: Nice nice and that's going to give some really cool possibilities throughout the game I imagine. Yeah especially when you get some more complicated areas later on maybe with some enemies as well with flying enemies
1: i have actually used it several times with some enemies there's some cave dwelling creatures that are stuck on the ceiling and quite hard to hit and they'll often shoot projectiles at you if you freeze time and then use the recall ability i've been calling it the rewind ability up until this point i've just remembered it's called the recall ability
0: ah potato potato
1: (laughs) Uh, you can use that on a projectile that's been shot at you to reverse it back at the enemy and do some damage. So yeah, it's got a lot of applications. Oh, that's cool. I haven't encountered any challenges in the game that have actually required me to use that combination of abilities. I kind of feel like I've, I've locked onto that one early on. I'd be really interested to know if there are challenges that do require you to use techniques like that. And frankly, I'd be surprised if there weren't because these challenges often feel like they're a bit of a thing done towards the end of the game once they've figured out all of the mechanics and then they kind of sit there and think about really interesting ways that you can use them all together in order to solve puzzles. Uh, So I would be, I'd be surprised if they didn't have something like that in store for me later down the line.
0: I'd imagine they do. They had that sort of, not necessarily that sort of thing, but they had that style of thinking in Breath of the Wild. So I would imagine that you'll get some later in the game.
1: Yeah, Hopefully. But other than that little dabble into some of the main quest bits and just a whole lot more exploring and item crafting, there isn't really much more to say about Legend of Zelda this week, so uh, I'll pass this one over to you. Fair play. Well, I
0: too have not had too much variation in what I've been playing, nor have I actually put as much time as I would have liked into it this week. I've just been playing a bit more Baldur's Gate 3.
1: Okay, go figure. Yeah.
0: I didn't start again this week, so that's a, that's a good good start.
1: But... <laughs> you're not you're not covering old ground for another 20 hours. That's, that's good.
0: No, no. No, 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 no. I'm definitely into new stuff now, but I just, I haven't really played much, maybe four hours. Just haven't really put much much time in.
1: Fair enough. For no fault of the game, I imagine. Oh, no, just tiredness. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Lethargy.
0: Yeah, pretty much. But um, no, I've been doing some new stuff, though. I'm still in Act 1, which is quite Damn, crazy Damn, okay. Me.
1: So how long are we talking for Act 1 now, then? It sounds like this is about... 30, 40 hours, maybe. So this file I'm on is probably on about 30 hours now. Right. But bear in
0: mind, this is like my third run through act one. So there was a lot of skipping. There was a lot of knowing what I was doing. Yeah. So maybe add another three, four hours for true time. Mm -hmm. So that's probably in the mid thirties. And don't get me wrong, I think I'm very near the end of act one, but I don't know if what I'm going to do next is actually the end of act one or if it's like the prelude to the end of act one, if you see what I mean. Um, but i've done like every single side quest i can find in the two areas of the map i've uncovered so far and it's still great the gameplay just doesn't really get old the character work is excellent the more the story unravels it's just becoming more intriguing and i'm, I'm still having a blast with it
1: have you picked up any new notable abilities or weapons or anything like that
0: uh i did just get my first legendary weapon oh nice because uh, it's tied to a side quest which is a nice little mace i think it's got a plus four on it which in the early game seems crazy to me.
1: Is that something you can equip your character with, or has this gone to one of your cronies? I, I mean, teammates.
0: <laughs> I could equip it to my character, but I didn't. I've given it to one of my cronies. Uh, sorry, teammates. <laughs> Companions.
1: Companions, that's what they're called in this game. Yeah.
0: But no, because I'm using a short sword, and it scales with my decks more than a mace does. And right. I'm- you know, I'm a bard, so it makes sense.
1: You still keep him with the true blue, you know, all good playthrough? Uh,
0: I'd call it chaotic good.
1: Yeah, I, I got that sense last week when you said that you were a good guy, but you did murder uh, those fish people's god. Didn't really seem like the... Oh, no, it the... wasn't
0: a god, though. It was a fake god. It was a fake
1: god, but it still didn't seem like quite, you know, the, the true paragon of goodness choice. <laughs> you might have maybe... De- no, that, I mean, that is the only choice
0: that. you can make. Oh, really? You, can either, you okay. can either be on his side and, like, con the Allow fish people. Allow him to con them. <laughs> yeah, or you can, or you, or you kill him basically.
1: Ah, okay. I figured the game would have given you an option there to kind of dethrone him and then just send him running.
0: I did the good option because there's an option you can do if you don't pass a dialogue check where you kill him and all the fish. <laughs>
1: right. Okay. Okay. That's the so, chaotic evil.
0: Yeah. So you know, I saved, I saved loads of lives, but only had to kill one. Yeah. Makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like it was the best outcome. It literally was the best outcome.
0: It's the best outcome I could have got. I don't know if it's the best outcome at all. But to be fair, the thing I've just done in the main mission has involved me like through no fault of my characters. It's just how the story goes. I ended up having to wipe out a whole settlement, basically.
1: Whoops. (laughs) What what red button did you push there to cause all of that?
0: Uh, I wouldn't give them a certain key item that is still potentially spoiler territory because the game's only a few months old. But I, I refused to give it to them, and uh, they started on me, and then a giant god queen came out and was like, do this for me, and I didn't do it what she wanted, now she's all pissed and shit.
1: So she just killed the nearby town?
0: Well, no, no, they all worship her, right? Ah. So that she was like, oh, this guy's a traitor, Fucking kill him. In fairness, I could have fast-travelled out of there. I chose to run through and get all the experience, but from a story perspective it's still like they were going to kill me. They like, were pissed on the at enemy. you at
1: that point. The game considered the yeah. b- enemies on site, so...
0: Exactly. I didn't like it, so it was... I just went through 75 experience a kill, mate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good shit, you know? <laughs> I'm not going to turn that down. Plus, also, the the battling is so fun that it is worth doing. And I get the feeling, because... Um, Shout out to my mate George. He's actually, I think, finished it now or is on the final boss.
1: Oh damn, no. Yeah.
0: And um he hasn't told me anything. He's been really good with spoilers. Mm. But I'm getting the impression that I want to get my combat skills like I'm not bad at it, but I think I want to get better than I am in terms of tactics, when to use what, what combos work best and things like that. So the more battles I can do, the better, really.
1: I've seen some fantastic methods used in the combat, some really thinking outside the box moves being employed. I'm not sure whether they've patched out uh, some of these moves that I was seeing before, but there was one involving some sort of giant swooping owl that you could use to uh, smash into the ground and damage nearby enemies and that seemed particularly effective when you stack a load of objects and then send it cascading down into the ground from there because I think it does more damage based on how far it falls.
0: I don't know that one. It might be a druid ability maybe or it's like something I'll unlock later maybe.
1: Yeah, that looked like a very interesting way to play. They were just kind of stacking every arena that they encountered with loads of objects to get up really high and then just descending on a giant, I think it was a giant owl, but it was some sort of giant flying (laughs) creature anyway. It looked amazing. Whatever it was,
0: it slams into the ground real hard.
1: Yeah, sends an enemies flying really good stuff um and when i saw that i was thinking oh great this is going to be you know much more kind of D style inventive use of your combat rather than just kind of clicking around and playing a sort of uh something similar to XCOM."
0: oh dude i can literally pick up an enemy and use it to hit another yeah enemy. <laughs> yeah exactly i mean yeah. th- th- you can do all sorts of crazy shit in this game yeah yeah
1: can you stack enemies
0: <laughs> uh i don't know Probably.
1: Report back next week, James. That's your homework. (laughs) We'll see how we get on. (laughs) But uh, yeah, uh, other than that, I did think about
0: jumping back into Liza P because a new patch has just dropped where they've done some things with the weapons and also by the sounds of it, nerfed the game a little bit, which is kind of in, in two minds about. I don't I, I don't like it personally.
1: Yeah, it's always a bit divisive, a decision like that, especially when you've kind of already completed it at the base game difficulty. Uh, t- to have it uh, patched always feels like a little bit of a cop-out.
0: Well, yeah, but at the same time, like I'm making an assumption because it just things, says things like, mob enemies are going to be easier or they're like, not going to do this. And mm. one of them's been nerfed properly, though I've seen it. Right. It's okay. one that has like a slammy hammer attack. And because people were complaining that... Once it got them down, it stun-locked them because they weren't tapping B fast enough.
1: Yeah, I think... I'm not sure whether you mentioned that on-pod or off-pod to me, but I, I I do remember I've definitely that. mentioned it to you. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they've now made the uh, roll-on-the-floor ability default, which I don't have a problem with. That's fine. But don't do that and then nerf his moveset as well. Like, come on.
1: So when you say default, you mean that your character just has that ability from the beginning of the game? Yes. Ah, right. Okay. And it was an upgrade before.
0: So, yeah, they've taken it away as a level-up, replaced that with a different one. Fine. Okay. Um, but other than that, that is my catch-up for this week. So I think with that, we'll move on to this week's gaming news. So with our first news story this week, Nintendo President disputes Switch 2 rumours. So a couple of weeks ago, we covered some Switch 2 rumours, mainly focusing on the hardware and its potential capabilities, and in an alleged demo of the hardware at Gamescom 2023. Well according to our good friends at Gamerant, this may not have been the case. Nintendo president Shintaro Furukawa recently spoke out about the Gamescom 2023 rumour in a financial call stating, The rumours online that appear to be public information are not accurate, which suggests that the Switch 2 may not have been shown after all. They also addressed a dual screen patent that Nintendo filed a few weeks ago. 3DS vibes, anyone?
1: Ooh, that would be interesting.
0: It would be a 3DS-style Switch.
1: A Switch that kind of folds out, like uh, yeah. for a bigger screen. Interesting.
0: Hey, maybe. Well, many have suspected that this patent could be related to the Switch too, Furukawa simply said that while his company filed it with the knowledge that it could be leaked to the public, it doesn't necessarily mean that future Nintendo products could feature the technology listed in it.
1: Oh, okay, they're just kind of locking it down.
0: Yeah, basically just that we're getting the technology in.
1: Locking it down just in case they want to use it. I mean, yeah, companies are known for doing that all of the time for prospective technology. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, I can totally get behind that. doesn't necessarily imply that it's going to be in the Switch 2. And we keep on saying it's the Switch 2, but that's very much a a placeholder name, isn't it? We're not actually seriously implying that the next Switch is going to be called the Switch 2.
0: Well, also, nothing's been announced. Nothing's official. This is all speculation. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. might not be a Switch at all. We don't know. (laughs) Now, it's worth pointing out that Furukawa's latest denial of the next Nintendo system being shown off at Gamescom 2023 doesn't disprove any of the other rumours we mentioned in our last update, things like the DLSS, uh, OLED, high def all that good stuff, but it also doesn't confirm anything, including whether the bloody thing actually exists. So, more waiting unfortunately. We could still see something in 2024 as had been rumoured, but we could just as easily be waiting for some time yet. And our friend over at Nintendo, Mr. Furukawa, is just fanning the flames, baby. It's just like, yeah, this didn't happen, but this technology could be used, maybe, I don't know, uh, making us all gas.
1: Yeah, I think this is definitely just sort of stirring up more news about the Switch. And in terms of, like, whether or not the Switch 2 is coming, as we're calling it, I feel like it's almost definitely going to come uh, within the next couple of years now. I'd be very surprised if it doesn't in terms of the fact that it is kind of limiting Nintendo in terms of the software that they can produce at this stage in the game as well. And they really need to kind of get on top of that so their own flagship games can still uh, compete in the special way that Nintendo does within the video gaming market.
0: I agree with you, but their argument will be, well... And this kind of relates to our third story. Well, you say that, but uh, one of our games is up for game of the year and has got a very good f***ing chance of winning it, so we don't need to do with our hardware.
1: Yeah, but I mean, even that, uh, I assume you're talking about Tis the Kingdom there. I mean, there are, uh, in terms of limitations, they said that they took something like a year to go from that game being finished to being polished. And that was a year's delay from their initial release date on that. They said that the game's actually been good to go for a year. We just needed to take another year to get this to run smoothly. So um, I I feel like... Like, there's, there's things there that they could do to make that job a lot easier on themselves. Uh, and boosting hardware would obviously be one of those things that they could seek to do.
0: Which is exactly why I say I agree with you. I'm just saying that's probably what Nintendo will say.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, as regards to the rest of it, it just sounds like there's a lot of rumours going around. Surprise, surprise. People are getting very excited about the prospect of a new Nintendo console. Who would have thought it?
0: I am personally too.
1: I am as well. I'd like to get eyes on this thing and see what they're going to do, especially seeing as they're quite innovative with each console iteration. It'd be really interesting to know what is the stick with this? Is this going to be something that probably could be titled the Switch 2, where it is just very much an extension of the Switch and an upgraded, like a pro version or something like that? Or is this going to be something new entirely? And, and personally, I'm kind of leaning on the fact that this will probably incorporate some pretty new technology as well whether it'll be this double screen thing who knows but uh, i'm willing to bet that this won't be just an upgraded switch
0: well i'm hoping that they go back to the old school where they used to do consoles and they call it the super switch super wii 2
1: the return
0: oh god <laughs> the wii u2 yeah the Bono wii u2 the it go. writes itself <laughs> so with our second news story today a game studio ceo says that games should be priced according to game length ah I just need to take a couple of deep breaths here so I don't get angry as soon as this starts. <laughs> it's only game. Why do you have to be mad? So, Take-Two Interactive CEO Strauss Zelnick says games should be priced at their per hour value. According to an article from The Gamer, he states, In terms of pricing for any entertainment property, Basically, the algorithm is the value of the expected entertainment usage, which is to say that the per hour value times the number of expected hours plus the terminal value that's perceived by the customer in ownership if the title is actually owned, not, say, rented or subscribed to. And you'll see that that bears out in every kind of entertainment vehicle. By that standard, our frontline prices are still very, very low because we offer many hours of engagement.
1: So that there is a point that I can actually completely get behind in terms of the fact that video games do represent extremely good value for money and are set at a much lower price point in terms of entertainment per hour, based on the sort of 50, 60, 70 pounds that you spend on a base hour title, when you reflect that in other forms of entertainment or hobbies, that actually reflects really good value for money compared to more expensive hobbies, something like uh, sports, going to the cinema and watching movies, buying albums and CDs and things like that. It does actually makes sense there. It's definitely not wrong what he's saying in that statement.
0: It's logical for sure. I don't know that I necessarily agree with it quite as much as you've said there, but it's not an incorrect statement. Um, and it is worth noting that Zelnik is arguing that bigger games should be more expensive rather than shorter games being cheaper. So it's not like he's saying, oh, for an hour long game, pay a tenner. But if it's uh, an epic, you pay a thousand pounds. Yeah, or of course. Um, which also means that the floor will still be 60 to 70 dollars, 60 to 70 pounds, whatever currency we're using. However, the ceiling should be raised based on length alone. Which is a slightly worrying take, given that uh, Take-Two are going to be involved in the upcoming GTA 6 release, which uh, no doubt will probably be reaching triple figures in hours, I would imagine, to do absolutely everything.
1: I'm actually half expecting GTA 6 to release at nearly a triple figure value in terms of cost for the complete edition i'm fully expecting gta 6 to be more expensive than your average mainline video game i think that rockstar can do that because people will be willing to pay more
0: so you think they could they'll do a triple figure
1: i said i'm half willing to bet it's a triple figure but I'm much more willing to bet that it's higher on average than a regular base game title because of this reasoning as well, but also the fact that if there is a game to define a new mainline cost of games at, say, £80, so roughly $100 or something like that, then in that case, I think that GTA will be the one to be that trendsetter in terms of these massive, massive budget games, you know, that are the cost of movies, in some cases, multiple movies. I can absolutely see Rockstar as being that, one to set the price and we have talked before on the podcast and we have reported i think in some articles about the fact that it has been mentioned for a long time now that video games are and they kind of do need to get more expensive in order to remain sustainable don't know if we've said games
0: consoles yes i don't know if we've said games before
1: right i mean I've, i've definitely for quite some time now been you know hearing reports of of quite a few studios mentioning that the cost of games is low for very similar reasons to listed in this article so it wouldn't surprise me if we are going to see 70 pounds being the new average for games uh, whereas you know that's already the
0: case so that's not really
1: but it wasn't that long ago that it was 50 60. So, um, I, you know, I think that we're going to just see that bar slowly rise. It's going to be incremental, but it'll be happening more and more frequently as well.
0: Yeah, I disagree with three figures though. I don't think we're anywhere near that, even for GTA.
1: I'm thinking that GTA is a special case. I don't think that we're ready for three figures. for, uh, for I mean, Australians have been dealing with that for years. Yeah, um yeah. But That's I think true. that, uh, you know, I think that GTA 6 will be one of those games that could do that. I don't think it'll be the new standard, but I think that it could be the new standard for games of that scale, um, of that amount of money behind it. Yeah, I think that that could be the case.
0: Well, I hope you're wrong, because as someone who enjoys large open world RPGs, this is quite a worrying discussion for me. I certainly don't want them doing it based on the length of games, you know? I can, kind of get, I can kind of get behind what you're saying in terms of if they've got huge budgets and things like that, but if it's purely based on length like this clown's saying, not a chance.
1: That's that's stupid. You know, obviously people aren't going to stretch for a massively open world game that's not very good. What I'm saying is, is that GTA 6 people will be willing to pay those triple figures. The hype behind GTA 6 is going to be unimaginable. This is, you know, as we covered last will, I week, I think a huge amount of the gaming market. GTA 5, everyone owns a copy, right? I imagine GTA 6 will pretty much do the same thing. Triple
0: figures would put me off. I'm not. Gonna but lie. in
1: terms of the masses. I don't think it would so on that scale I think that the potential loss of sales that they'll get from putting it triple figures will be outweighed by the fact that it is triple figures I still think that this is a game that the majority of people own and therefore they just kind of because they can set it at that price they will in a way
0: that would, that's even more worrying yeah. in my opinion then
1: but you know that said I think that there's plenty of games out there that will be these massive open world games that they just know that they won't be able to sell for that price as well
0: just Squad 6 won't be one of those and that's what worries me <laughs> <laughs> and with our final news story this week, the Game Awards 2023 nominations are out, Will.
1: Oh, goody, goody.
0: Yes, it's that time of year again. The Game Awards will be taking place on the 7th of December, being streamed live from the Peacock Theatre, formerly the Microsoft Theatre, in Los Angeles, USA. As we did last year, I thought we should look at a few categories and make some predictions. So, let's get straight into it with the big one, the Game of the Year. Now, I thought this was quite interesting, and... uh I don't know how I feel about it in terms of a strength of list but we've got the nominees are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Super Mario Bros. Wonder. And The Legend of
1: Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. I think that's a pretty strong lineup. Although perhaps with a couple of notable titles missing from that lineup. But I think that that's a still a, still a pretty strong representation of the games that have come out this year. The only one I'm curious about is Alan Wake 2, just because I've heard, uh, you know, sort of like a handful of mixed things about that. I'm surprised it's listed up there with the likes of Tears of the Kingdom and uh, Baldur's Gate 3.
0: Yeah, I was a bit more surprised to see Resi on here, actually, I've got to say.
1: I've seen the game, it looks
0: very nice, it plays very well by the looks of it, you've spoken very highly of it, but game of the year.
1: Resident Evil 4 is a fantastic game. It's very hard to find fault with it, I will say.
0: Then why'd it take you so long to finish it, Will? Why didn't you finish it straight <laughs> away if it was that
1: f- There was a year? lot of other things out at the time. <laughs> I think Tears of the Kingdom took away some of my uh, some of my attention. You from haven't played that, that
0: either. I mean, I've been no,
1: playing it now. <laughs> yeah, and I, do, I played a, played it for at least a couple of weeks on release.
0: No, that's fair. That's fair. And, and all joking aside, I agree with you on Alan Wake too. But I don't know enough about it, so I can't really make a full judgment on
1: that. I mean I have gone on record to say that I think that if Resident Evil 4 were to release independently of Resident Evil 4 original that it would have been really positively received I do think that uh, even without the original this one would have stood out as one of the best Resident Evil games
0: but yeah what do you think man who's your early prediction for this award
1: I've got it between two games right okay yeah I, I'm just just before we get into that I just want to say that so there's no Starfield on this list
0: that doesn't surprise me honestly
1: uh, I'm, I'm surprised that it's not in the running although I would disagree with it taking it but is it more deserving on that list than maybe say Alan Wake 2 I don't know I haven't played Alan Wake 2 in all honesty but Starfield is the type of title that I would expect to see in this list For sure. I would think that that, and also for me, on a personal level, where's Armoured Core in this lineup? Armoured Core has been seriously snubbed, in my opinion.
0: Oh, well, dude, if we're doing that, then Lies of P should be on this list.
1: (laughs) But Lies of P has shown up in some of these other lists. So is Armoured Core. Only best action game, though. That is surprising, given some of the categories that are here as well. And some of the other categories that we're not going to cover the fact that it hasn't been included more lists on here feels like a bit of a snub.
0: Oh dude, uh, by the same logic, Wo Long is not on a single list anywhere to be found (laughs) anywhere. Which to me, because that's one of my favourite games this year, is a big snub too. So, Not game of the year though, it's not good enough for
1: that. No, I would say that Wo Long has enough jank in it that it doesn't quite make it into that category in terms of just some of the look stuff. The combat is fantastic, and you said yourself that Lies of P, although it's fantastic it's still not a perfect game. I'm saying Armoured Core is as close to a perfect game as you can get, and it's not on as near Nearly enough of these lists.
0: I guess the words, in your opinion, are probably quite prudent, and that obviously the people that made the list didn't agree, I guess. Maybe they just didn't want to give it to FromSoft for a second year in a row. I mean, it could be something as silly as that.
1: I don't think that. I just think that Armored Core lacks the mass appeal that a high fantasy title like Elden Ring did. I think that it just doesn't have enough people behind it for it to make it onto a list like this. We've said before with these lists, a lot of this is more of a popularity contest than necessarily a true representation of what really should be best art direction or best game of the year. A lot of the time, this is just people show up in numbers to vote for their game. And I just don't think that... Armoured Core has that large appeal behind it to make it show up. That's all I can say.
0: Well, I've not played it, so can't comment. I'm not going to disrespect you passionately standing up for a game you believe in though. so fair play. But that being said, it's not on the list, so who who do you have? As I said uh, a bit earlier, I, I have it between two games personally, one of which I've played, one of which I haven't.
1: Game of the Year, I reckon uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Takes this. No surprises there. Um, I think runner-up, probably Tears of the Kingdom.
0: They're the two games I've got, but <laughs> yeah. funny enough, I've got them the other way around.
1: You think Tears of the Kingdom will take this over Baldur's I Gate? think Tears
0: of the Kingdom might take it, and Baldur's Gate will be the plucky runner-up. Just because I think that Tears of the Kingdom went down so well at the earlier in the year, and it's like... A record selling game for the Switch. Baldur's Gate 3 has been incredibly well received, do not get me wrong. And, you know, I know it's already won awards and stuff as well, but I don't know, in my mind, uh, Tears of the Kingdom might just pip it. That being said, I would not be surprised if Baldur's Gate 3 takes it, and it would be my personal choice of this list if it were up to me. But I just think Tears of the Kingdom will take it by a smidge. So we move on to our second category, the best art direction. And uh, we've got two games that have come up again from the Games of the Year list. Uh, we've got Alan Wake 2 showing up again. We've got Hi-Fi Rush, Liza P. In fact, Super Mario Brothers: Wonder was also on the Games of the Year list, so three games. And uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom makes a second appearance. Uh, for me, uh, I'm biased, basically, is my answer for this category. <laughs> I do genuinely think it should win it on the basis that Tears of the Kingdom is still Breath of the Wild in art direction. Mm, it's not yeah. doing anything, It's not doing that much new in terms of that. And uh, I've not played any of the other three. so yeah, <laughs> And yeah, also, yeah. I, I genuinely, though, I do think Liza P did a fantastic job with their art direction. It's a stunning looking game. It captures the theme of what they're trying to do perfectly. And I think it deserves something, at least.
1: Yeah, Liza P absolutely deserves some recognition here.
0: Do I think it will win over something like um, Super Mario Bros. Wonder? I don't know. Hi-Fi Rush also looked very nice, I've got to say, from what the limited stuff I've seen of it. But for me, Lies of P. How about you, man? What, what are your thoughts on this category?
1: Well, despite the fact that I haven't played Lies of P, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you that I think Lies of P probably does take this, uh, just given what I've seen of gameplay, people walking around the environments, uh, the attention to detail of the character models, the bosses, the weapons, yeah. everything down the to the The tone of T, the story as well. I can really see that Lies of P uh, takes this. The reason why I'm kind of less keen on Super Mario Bros. getting this is because really it's not a new art direction. It's nothing unique. They've just kind of added to a pre-existing thing. This is very much another Super Mario Bros. game with a lot of love and care put into it. And it again, probably does, uh, you know, deserve its flowers in these types of awards. as It's very well. pretty. It is. Yeah. But the last game was very pretty and also looked very similar. It's, it's, it's that sort of that would be my argument there. Um, Alan Wake 2 had some really interesting visual design of the limited gameplay I've seen of that some of the puzzles and areas that you walk through in the game looked really interesting however I just haven't seen enough of that to really say whether that's deserving of this award so I'm going to go with uh, Liza P So
0: the next category I've got here is the best ongoing game
1: uh, this one is probably more geared towards you than it
0: is for me because I think you've played more of these than you but Yes. the nominees yeah. we have here is uh, Apex Legends Cyberpunk 2077 Final Fantasy 14. Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. So, Will, uh, as I say, I've only actually played uh, one of these. Two of these, actually. i played a little bit of Genshin.
1: Unusually for me, I've actually played all of these. <laughs> exactly, I know. Yeah,
0: exactly, it's crazy. But um, I don't really have my head to the ground in terms of what is a really good ongoing game here. So I'm going to say Apex purely on the basis that you speak very highly <laughs> of it and I know it's very popular. Yeah. But yeah. the floor is yours for this one because you've actually played these games more than I have or at all.
1: Honestly, <laughs> this is such a hard one for me. Uh, so I'm just going to very quickly go through all of them and just list my, <laughs> <laughs> my reasoning. So apex legends probably one of the best fps is out there fantastic movement very competitive and also throughout this year they've been adding lots of content new different game modes into there to take it outside of the br only type of situation that it was in previously so there are additional game modes now cyberpunk 2077 i would say why is that really in this category it's hardly an ongoing game it kind of just feels like a lot of the it's Cyberpunk been around for a long,
0: <laughs> long time
1: <laughs> it has and cyberpunk 2.0 i agree you know but really that shouldn't have been an update that really in my eyes was getting cyberpunk to the condition that it should have been on release and
0: also to that point it's not a game as a service it's a it's not no player rpg (laughs) it's a single player
1: (laughs) rpg with a downloadable content on the side which again is you know is appears to be a very good DLC. i haven't gotten to that stage in the game yet but in my mind classifying the cyberpunk 2.0 as an ongoing thing a very debatable final fantasy 14 had a great time with this last year and i think that this one is a strong contender because I know that it has such a large following behind it I think a lot of people will show up for this game
0: yeah this would be my second choice of this list
1: Fortnite uh, in terms of popularity it's, it's almost totally unmatched uh, and they have developed the game a lot over this year as well with the movement and mechanics in the game Taking out building for a short space of time and focusing on character movement was a good choice in my mind, uh, and they've included a lot more features there. And Genshin Impact has also had really large increases in map areas, it's had whole new areas, storylines consistently injected into it. In my eyes, this comes between probably the last three, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact, and... For no reason, really, whatsoever, I'm just gonna go with Final Fantasy fourteen, because that's where my preferences out of these three games lie, but I think any three of those could take it, really. I'm doubtful that Apex Legends will, to be honest with you.
0: So the next category I've got on the list is the best action game, and you were lamenting the fact that there was no love shown for it earlier, but first name on the list, we've got Armoured Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. Thank God! (laughs) Yeah, he's got one, don't worry. We've got Dead Island 2, we've got Ghost Runner 2, we've got High Fry Rush again, and we've got Remnant 2. So a lot of the second games here. Uh, Will, I'll let you start, because I think (laughs) I know which one you want to win.
1: Well, I I took my time over the last category, so let's just say concisely for this one, Armoured Core, Armoured Core... Armoured Core. <laughs> yes, I
0: think uh, see the game of the year section for reasons why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I- I've only played one of these games and it was a great action game, Remnant 2. I- I'd love to see it get some recognition here. I had a lot of fun with it. That being said, as soon as I finished it, I put it down and I haven't gone right. back. Mm. And I definitely don't think it's a perfect game. I mean, there's it's great. Yeah, it's a solid 8, eight and a half, nine, maybe even 9 out of 10 game. It's wicked. Um, but it's not a perfect game, right? So I don't even know if I can say that I'd pick it necessarily from this list. But because it's the only one I've played and I want to give it some love, I am going to pick Remnant 2. But personally, I probably think Armored Core deserves to win it. Like, just based on what you've said.
1: I know I'm very positive on the game as well, but I do think that I can kind of see this from an unbiased perspective as well. I really think Armored Core deserves to get this, just based on everything I've mentioned before about the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't know anything about Ghost Runner 2 or Hi-Fi Rush outside of seeing some stills of the artwork and stuff. And Dead Island 2 sounded like it was really cool, but I've not seen any of it or played any of it, so I can't pick it in good conscience.
1: If we're talking just pure kind of like adrenaline gut busting action. I don't know whether Dead Island 2 delivers on the same level that the other games in this category do. I mean, Ghost Runner 2 I've seen footage of, and that is a real kind of like fast-paced game that really does represent action titles well. Dead Island 2's is kind of it's slow and methodical in certain ways. <laughs> it's not really action-y, you're just fighting.
0: If it's like the first game I wouldn't call that an action game.
1: No, yeah and it's just a more developed version of that in my eyes from what I've seen with, you know, there's probably a few high octane sections but when I think best action game I think high octane and uh, the other titles in that list absolutely serve that up you know, as good as you would want it.
0: Yeah shouts to Liza P again, in my opinion should probably be on this list. Liza
1: P should be on this list, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, strike Dead Island 2 off and slap Liza P on this one.
0: But speaking of a list that Liza P is on, uh, on next category is best RPG and uh, the nominees for this one are Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Liza P, Sea of Stars and Starfield.
1: Right, we're finally seeing Starfield on our list. Yes. Although I don't think it takes it. I think Baldur's Gate 3 all the way on this one. Bit of a no-brainer here.
0: I completely agree. Like, that is definitely the one that is going to win this award. This, I'm, this is, I, last year I had one award where I was like, yeah, and congratulations to... I think I can't remember what it was. that I was just like, yeah, they're going to win it. This one I've got the same. Uh, congratulations to Border Skate 3 on winning the best RPG. <laughs> I mean, that's... I loved Starfield. I really did. I had a lot of fun with it. It's not as good an RPG as Border Skate 3. I feel like Lies of P has been done dirty here. I don't know if I'd call Lies of P an RPG in the same sense that these are. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm not going to pick Lies of P for this, and uh, I don't know anything about Sea of Stars, and I didn't play Final Fantasy XVI, so it just it just is Baldur's Gate, though, it just is.
1: I don't think Lies of P's been done dirty on this. I think that the fact that Lies of P is actually showing up in the best RPG category is more, if anything, just a big statement on just how good Lies of P is, that people have shown up and voted this best RPG.
0: No, in that regard, I agree, but for me, it's an action game, it's not. Like, or, it's more, or it's more an action game, should I say? There are RPG elements, but it's more of an action
1: game. Exactly, and, and, and part of me also says that Starfield, despite the fact it's got huge RPG elements as well, there is a hell of a lot of action in that. I would say Starfield is an action RPG. And if we're going to talk about the previous category being pure action, pure octane for best action game, then in this category I'd consider it being a pure RPG. And as we can both agree on... Baldur's Gate 3 is absolutely a pure RPG.
0: And congratulations to it for winning this award. And our final category that we're going to cover this week is the most anticipated game. And the nominees for this are Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Hades 2, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, Star Wars Outlaws, and Tekken 8. Before we start this, I just want to shout out Black Myth Wukong, because that's the one I'm looking forward to the most of the <laughs> games that are coming out. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So I just want to shout that out. And also Vampire the Bloodlines Masquerade 2. Like, well, I've probably got those words in the wrong order.
1: Why doesn't uh, GTA 6 appear on this list? I'm surprised.
0: Maybe it's because it hasn't been officially announced yet.
1: Is that what it is? Is that where the bar is that they have to have been announced? Yeah, okay. I guess so. Yeah.
0: I guess so. What do you think about this list, man? I I have an answer I'd pick, but...
1: It's a cool list. Uh, I think, personally, I'm swayed by Final Fantasy VII Rebirth for the same reasons that we gave for the Joystick Awards. I just think a lot of people are holding on for this and and really keen to see Final Fantasy VII Rebirth being that final addition to the long-awaited start of the remake trilogy. Um, Star Wars Outlaws, I know, has a lot of people very excited as well being an open world rpg star wars game i think a lot of people have been waiting for something like that to come along
0: i'm hyped for that too the, the th- honestly and this is really harsh but the thing that worries me about it is ubisoft are involved <laughs> a little bit like oh come on but that being said the assassin's creed odyssey i like and it's a, that's an open world rpg i just hope they make the combat a little bit more exciting like please
1: yes yeah i i think that this one is going to be a bit more firearms based as well and i think that Ubisoft sits more comfortably in that category there. Uh, Their shooting mechanics and games has always been pretty strong. So I imagine that, yeah, they'll be fine there.
0: But, uh, well, you're throwing Final Fantasy VII as potentially your frontrunner. I I will counter that with Tekken 8 for me i know that the fighting game community has been waiting a long time for a new tekken Tekken 7 was what 2015 or some yep. shit it was it's an old game and uh the things i've seen of tekken 8 look fucking awesome
1: some of the new characters look really impressive they introduce some new cool fighting styles i'm really looking forward to getting my hands on it when it does come out i'll definitely be picking up tekken 8
0: yeah i probably will too I, and for me i probably agree with you i think final fantasy 7 probably will win it but just so that there's a little bit of a difference and because i want to put my personal backing behind it i'm gonna pick Tekken eight shout outs to hades 2 hades 1 was a really fun game yeah but i don't know if it's off the boil a little bit compared to the others
1: and i did really enjoy the like a dragon games now i'm thinking about it those are really fun games as well i just don't think that they have enough of a uh a crowd behind them to get it to win
0: especially when you're up against fucking star wars final <laughs> yeah. fantasy
1: some big big names
0: so there we have it. We've given our predictions for some of the categories of this year's Game Awards. We had pretty decent success last year with our predictions. Not perfect, but we did pretty well. Let's see how we get on this year, I will. And with that, we come to the end of the news for this week. So I think it's about time we moved on to the... A Games Challenge! So it was my turn for challenge this week. And Will had set me the challenge to beat the Skyrim main questline on adept difficulty at level one without leveling up a single point of any skill.
1: Exactly that. How did you get on, man?
0: Uh, So I mentioned last week that I was going to make it a little bit harder for myself and not use the internet at all. I just wanted to use my game knowledge. You said that wasn't a requirement at all, but I'm... Being pig-headed about it, and I'm just going to <laughs> plow ahead and do it. And uh, I basically got straight into it.
1: Did you that night? You were suggesting that you maybe even would jump on that night. So were you that keen, or did you leave it until the next day?
0: I, I did get the character started that night. Okay. I didn't play a lot. I think I did the prologue.
1: Right, right.
0: And because I'm a Skyrim pro, obviously I didn't have to watch the whole introductory cutscene. I've got an autosave right before the character. Of course. Creator. Yeah, yeah. Keep that. Shit. Hey, you finally awake. I sort of went into this with two mindsets. There's the obvious choice, and there was the potentially sort of niche choice. I went with the obvious choice in the end, which was to pick a kajit, right? Because of the native plus fifteen to unarmed attacks. Very useful. Part of this challenge is that I was not able to use armor or weapons at all. I probably could have done a little bit had I wanted to, but I wanted to go into this and not even get a single speck of experience in anything that yeah, was my goal yeah um that wasn't the rule set i could have got a little bit so long as i didn't get a point point. Uh, and as we'll go into i did actually end up having to get a little bit by I, I just had to yeah but i did end up going with the kajit as i say the other choice i was thinking of was high elf um for the very bethesda reason that it's the biggest character model and therefore moves the quickest
1: <laughs> okay okay so lots of running away there and using yeah potentially using a companion i imagine yeah.
0: Well, yeah, we'll get into all that.
1: Um, but it was more as well because high elves
0: have um, a high enchant stat as well. Yeah. Okay. So the Kajit starts off with a 15 enchant stat, which basically means I can't disenchant anything or enchant anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas at 20, I, I possibly could have disenchanted something maybe Okay. without leveling okay. up. But as I say, in the end, I couldn't ignore plus 15. Like, that's just too good. Um, and uh, because the thing I would have disenchanted at equated to a plus 10, it wasn't worth the trade off. As I say, I went for a Kajit in the end, and uh, the prologue was very uneventful. I wasn't able to use any weapons or equip anything, so there were a couple of pointless speeches that Hadvar gave me. Like, oh yeah, you should really
1: pick up a weapon and put
0: some <laughs> on that, nah, mate. Not going to happen. I played the entire game with my ragged robes and uh, ragged boots.
1: Oh, did you? Nice. Yeah, yeah the yeah. entire
0: game. I was just like, what's the point? I, 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 I didn't use the, the starting rags. I switched them up for some nicer looking some rags. Some nicer rags. Oh, like.
1: lovely. Very decadent. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but very rags. And the only other piece of equipment I picked up in the entire game was an amulet of rk which gives you plus 10 health. Okay, okay. And I was hoping I might find a plus health uh, ring or amulet, but because I'm at level one, the loop stays a low
1: level as well. So right. the chances of that were very low. Okay.
0: And it's also probably worth mentioning on the same token that actually a lot of the mobs also stay low level, which was very helpful in this run.
1: Yeah, this game has enemy scaling. um So that is why a lot of the level one playthroughs of this game don't really represent a huge challenge. And that was why i felt the need to add on the additional modifier of no skill points in any category as well because i've seen lots of people do level one skyrim runs and i figured that probably wasn't enough of a challenge for you
0: it wouldn't have been because you can be level one but technically be level 50 yes exactly yeah you just you just won't have the health for it but you'll yeah. have all the armor and stats for it yes know? yeah so before i get into the run in its entirety i i had three strategies that i was going to employ throughout this run to make my life easier the first one was as soon as I got out of the prologue, I was going to travel to all the key areas that I needed for the main quest line.
1: Very good choice. Yeah.
0: So I spent the first half an hour or so paying the little bit of gold <laughs> yeah. I needed to get to various towns, walking to places that I knew I'd need to go to for main quest lines. Yeah. yeah. A particular note: I walked to the Markarth on the Markarth side of the map, the left-hand side. Um, you need to get to spire for the Skyhaven Temple, and if, and if you walk there once you've unlocked dragons as part of the quest, you always get attacked by a dragon. And at level one, with no weapons and shit, you really don't want to be getting attacked by dragons. No. You, do, really? <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you have to fight some, but if you can avoid it, why do that? The second thing I wanted to do, which I kind of implied in talking about the character there, was I needed to get to Riften, which is a town on the right-hand side of the map where the Thieves' Guild are based, and uh, there's an item that you can get in the sewers of the town under Riften called the Gloves of the Pugilist, which add plus 10 to your unarmed damage.
1: Very nice, okay.
0: They are, however, a piece of light armour.
1: Oh, right, okay.
0: So I was hoping that I'd be able to disenchant it and enchant it onto a pair of, like, normal gloves. Yeah. That are just clothing gloves. Yeah. And then I'd have plus 25 and I'd be unstoppable. Amazing. That was in my head. Okay, yeah. But sadly, as a Khajiit, I couldn't disenchant it without
1: levelling up. Right, okay. So you did run into that issue still.
0: So I did pick up the gloves and i thought well i might be able to use them on the final boss if i need to
1: (laughs) that final punch
0: (laughs) well no just like that final fight because the chances of me getting a hit enough times to proc a level up in light armor yeah you know but then again i think it's based on the damage dealt so maybe it would have done it instantly doesn't matter because i you know i didn't do it if i got there oh let's keep some suspense (laughs) Uh, and my third strat was uh if i needed it to use the Great Bethesda feature of being able to pause any battle in the middle of it and chug health potions if you're at low health and just watch your health just go up back to full.
1: Or if you're me, just chugging cheese wheels. See
0: if they have any cheese. I'm getting a bit peckish.
1: Pretty much oh, that's that too, <laughs> <yeah>. Much <laughs> slower process. Boshing cheese wheels before you uh, in the middle of a fight.
0: Oh, yeah, and bits of gourd, <laughs> yeah. some cooked rabbit, some raw rabbit.
1: Mm. Nothing stops the Dragonborn, especially when it's a Khajiit. They'll absolutely just demolish anything.
0: With that lovely Bethesda feature there, if I ever needed to, I could just get back to full health instantly. And potions are really easy to find because they are like urns in dungeons, burial urns and things like that. They always have good stuff in them, just Mm. always take Mm. it. It's gold, it's really valuable rings or it's potions. So you can just always pick it up. So with these strategies in mind, it was time to get on with the main quest. I had most of my waypoints, I was ready to go, I was fully clothed up,
1: if you want to call it that. (laughs) In rags, clothed in rags, nice rags. They're still fucking
0: rags, (laughs) let's not twist it. I did find some nice clothes, but I was like, nah, rags, mate. It suited my character. Um, I forgot to say, his name was Gubbins. (laughs) Gubbins. He had bright orange eyes, a bit dishevelled is just a cat person. It was great. Maybe we can
1: get a photo of gubbins on the Twitter. If you can uh, hop in a little screenshot, I'd see a little photo of gubbins.
0: I'm sure I can get a gubbins up somewhere. I'm <laughs> sure that can be done. No problem. So, yes. Gubbins sets off from Riverwood. I've spoken to Alvor, and the first quest I get given is to go talk to Yarl yes in White Run. And this was weird for me, first and foremost, because this is like just in. If I'm in playing autopilot, I get to the front gate of White Run, you get stopped, and you can yeah. There's a persuade option. It's just such an easy way to get your first speech point in the game. But no, there is an option to be neutral and not get a point. So no, did that. Got in and uh, got the quest to go off to bleak Falls Barrow and go get the dragon slab. Yeah, this game's been out by the way for over like. 12 years right (laughs) i'm not gonna go into the story in great detail skyrim
1: fans are already rolling their eyes like this mother is gonna talk about bleak falls barrow (laughs) no
0: i'm really not (laughs) not in any great detail don't worry as i sort of mentioned earlier because i'm level one all the enemies are really weak i I, the highest thing in here was a restless draugr which is like this the second rung up from basic bitch enemy yeah really quick deaths here like i just Pow, 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 pew, 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 fisties, no problem at all. And uh, the final boss of this area where you pick up the slab, um, he actually is locked into an animation when he's emerging from his coffin. And I took most of his health bar off while he was
1: coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always the technique. Yeah. By the point that guy's got out of the coffin, most of the time he's like on fire. <laughs> he's poisoned. <laughs> yeah, he's <Yeah, exactly. laughs> having Just every yeah, not single Not in this case, because I couldn't do
0: anything like that. But you are <laughs> absolutely right. He's normally just completely like, and, and he was. I, I had one or two shots left to get him when he was up. Yeah. I don't think he hit me. <laughs> uh, so very quickly I was back to Whiterun talking to Balgriff. I gave him his slab and uh, then I had my first dragon fight of the game over at the West Watch Tower
1: how did that go, given you only had your claws?
0: I'd love to tell you this epic story of how I overcame this this mad fight and uh, I was a f***ing hero and stuff, the simple truth is there's enough guards and yeah. enough of them are essential I just sat in the tower and I just let them do most of the work, yep. came out and did the final punch, jobs are good absorb <laughs> the soul, uh, get summoned by the greybeards I head up to High Hrothgar where I've already got the marker, so I didn't have to walk up the steps again.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, that's all good, yeah.
0: Great times. Uh, You get there, you learn Unrelenting Force Level 3, Force and Whirlwind Sprint, which were going to be two shouts that helped me, not immensely, I thought they'd be more useful, I'm not going to lie, but they were very helpful throughout this run, particularly Unrelenting Force, just to get rid of some mobs just chuck stuff over hills it's great yeah
1: yeah exactly that even if it doesn't necessarily kill them it just kind of breaks you out of combat so you can get away
0: exactly so no, no problems there once I went through the what I'd forgotten were quite painfully long unskippable sort of cut scene-y type things if you like mm, mm. with the grey beards. Um I finally got sent to retrieve the horn of Jürgen Windcaller from ostengrav and again because I'm level one there were no enemies in here that threatened me at all it was a very very simple run through uh, for context most like the standard enemies are dying in three maybe four hits mm, mm. and the level up enemies are dying in five maybe six hits it's not like i'm getting overwhelmed at any point in any of these dungeons too it's still early game so it's not too bad so i went to go retrieve the horn of young caller of course it's not there <laughs> Because there's a note that's left by Delphine from Riverwoods.
1: Met Belle Delphine, buy some bath water.
0: Exactly. Uh, she gave me a life story and said, I don't trust you yet, even though you've f-ing done all this sh- and you're the Dragonborn, so let's go kill a dragon together, basically. That's pretty much <laughs> what Oh goody,
1: another dragon soul.
0: Again, I would love to give you this lovely story of how this was an epic battle <laughs> with a dragon, but the simple truth is I fast travelled to Kynesgrove, and once again... <laughs> Uh, this enemy gets resurrected from its um, burial tomb by Alduin, who's the big final boss dragon guy, like the main antagonist of the game.
1: Whoa, spoilers on this, on this oh, almost 15-year-old yeah. game. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I know.
0: I'm the worst. I'm so sorry. I should be more careful. Um, but... He's locked into an animation while he's being resurrected. So again, uh, three quarters of his health bar was gone by the time he could finally attack. Mm, mm. And I actually glossed over the fact that by this point I've unlocked my first companion and my only companion for the game, Lydia.
1: Oh, the long-suffering Lydia. Funnily enough,
0: I didn't have her with me for this part because I didn't equip her yet. Um, but you do have Delphine for this fight, yes. but I ran away too quickly, so she wasn't involved at all.
1: Oh, right, okay. Okay, yeah, because she takes her time. She kind of walks from point A to point B, and it's only whether you let enough time pass that she's actually there for the fight.
0: Exactly. So, I, uh, you know, because I'd taken off so much of the health on my own while it was animating, I just, I carried on.
1: That's really good going, man. I thought you were about to tell me that you just sat back and let Delphine do it for you, but uh, no, you actually went for this one. Because, I mean, you mentioned last week that you weren't planning on killing many dragons but you're doing it pretty skillfully at this point.
0: Well, that's very kind of you to say, but I'm only killing the dragons that I have to. You have
1: to kill this dragon.
0: If I didn't have to, I wouldn't like Jesus. It hit me a couple of times and it did show just how vulnerable and squishy I was. I mean, I think I'm probably four hits at most for death. Uh, but not this time. Got him. And then f-ing Delphine finally turns up and says, "Oh yeah, f- you are the real <laughs> deal." Jesus. Oh
1: hey, just arrived. Saw that in the distance. Good job, I guess.
0: And I was like, "Yeah, some fucking
1: help you were. Some dragon hunter you are."
0: Exactly. God, dragons have been dead for years. You finally get one in your backyard, and you. D- don't even show up. Oh,
1: off. just five minutes too late. Gee whiz, I saw you. You were behind the tree.
0: <laughs> no, she was by the inn, it was even worse. She was having a fucking pint, mate. was <laughs> just
1: having a beer and a fag.
0: Exactly, just unbelievable stuff. And what is my prize for beating this dragon Will? I have to go off to a fucking Thalmor Embassy party where I don't know anyone, man. I'm a <laughs> oh, kajit man. used to wearing rags, and they dress me up in this nice gear. <laughs> I didn't want to go. I just wanted to go, you know, do whatever kajits do when they're homeless and
1: just looking to complete a main campaign
0: exactly and uh, this is another area of the game where you can use speech checks to try and get through and that's like mm. my muscle memory but yeah. there's another way to do this where you can just get a brandy from the bar give it to some fella that arrived with you and just say yeah mate here's a drink can you cause a scene for me please and he goes is that all
1: my friend you've come to right the person
0: you could say that causing a problems, scene is somewhat just like of in the a deal. specialty of mine Stand back and behold my handywork.
1: I think that was how I did this quest the last time I played Skyrim. I actually quite enjoyed this section of the campaign because there's a few different ways you can do it, and it's more of a a social thing than a hack your way through it thing, like a lot of Skyrim is.
0: Well, yeah, until you get to the second half of the mission. Yeah,
1: (laughs) But no, I did the uh, the easy option that didn't involve
0: me passing any speech checks and uh, headed back. While the commotion was going on, my friend Melbourne, who was helping me, was like, "Oh, mate, I've got all the stuff you wanted to bring with you," which, of course, was nothing because I didn't bring anything with me—just
1: <laughs> an empty bag. Thanks, Malborn. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Melbourne. You're a top guy. He's like, "Your stuff's in the chest over there," and it's a fucking empty chest. That was a
1: great mate. <laughs> ah, always faithful, yeah. Melbourne. Good ah, one,
0: Melbourne. You, you tease. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I fought my way through some. Thalmor guards again because I'm level one there's not these guys have elven gear which hits slightly harder but Hmm. because I kind of know a lot of the attack patterns and things I know when to engage when not to yeah so you know there was trepidation but by this point because I've done two or three dungeons I'm just like, loaded with potions, dude. I, I can't tell you how many potions of minor healing I had on me. Which was handy, because I didn't talk to a single shopkeeper in the whole game.
1: Yeah, and why would you? I mean, you're at risk of levelling up your bartering.
0: <laughs> exactly. Can't be doing that. Um. So yeah, got through this. Found the uh, dossiers that I needed to find that confirmed Esburn's alive. Delphine was obviously very pleased by that, because they're buddies from back in the day. And uh, this was where I had to deviate from my don't-even-get-a-smidge-of-experience-in-any-skill-point game, because... This part of the main quest makes you go talk to Brynjolf, who's the recruiter for the Thieves Guild, essentially, mm. in Riften. And he won't give you any information for free, because, again, you can pass a speech check, but I'm not going to do that. Mm, mm. He won't give you any information unless you join the th- you do the first quest of the Thieves Guild. Oh, okay, okay. A- at least, if there is a way, I, I didn't find it. And... My plan for this was to have Lydia with me, my companion, and make her do all the lockpicking and shit that I have to right. do for this part. yeah. And for the first lockpick, that worked very well. But I think because the second one, the prompt wasn't open, it was steel. Okay. okay. It said she can't do it so I had to do or maybe it's because it was a quest I don't know why why. but I had to unlock the second lock which didn't level me up but did get me a smidge of experience Yeah, yeah. and then I did have to place a ring on someone which involved me pickpocketing but that gave like literally a dot Mm, like a pixel mm. like hardly anything but that was the only time I actually genuinely used a skill in the entire game, apart from maybe the odd crouch that got confused as sneak because it's the same mechanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, I, I genuinely is zero across the board. You will not find a spec on anything, which I'm quite <laughs> pleased about.
1: Very good. Yeah, that was the that was the intent on the design of this challenge.
0: Um, and the reason that I had to do this thief skill quest was because it gave me unbridled access to the area where Esbern's located.
1: Mm,
0: mm. Um, quick side note about um the under portion of Riften which I mentioned I'd been to before. This was actually where I had my hardest fight in the game.
1: Oh really? Trying to get into the uh the kind of underground section of that map.
0: Basically, when you f- the first enter the sewers, there's two bandits that are yeah. talking mm. and because you're in such a confined space, you can't really run away anywhere and they've relatively strong when you're level one.
1: Just slap the shit out of
0: you. Yeah, one of them thankfully is an archer so you can run around the corner uh, and the AI didn't quite catch up. Good. But these guys nearly killed me. I, again, at this point I didn't have any potions either because I did that right at the start of the game when I got the gloves of the pugilist. Right, okay, yeah. If I'd come in here it would have been fine because I had all those potions but yeah, I just walked over their corpses went in to the Ratway Warrens Worked my way down a little bit. I had to kill a couple of people in here, but they're all unarmored and in rags as well because they're sort of nomads and people who have no house. Mm-hmm. And uh, found Esbern. I had that lovely scene where he unlocks all his f***ing locks <laughs> um, while you're just waiting out there. I had Lydia with me as well, so I was pretty safe. Uh, got him. Of course, the Thalmor weren't happy with that, so they came and uh, to attack, and... Uh, I'd love to give you this great story about how I had this epic fight with the Thalmor, <laughs> but um, Esburn's an essential character and can't die, so him and Lydia did most of the work Well, I just ran to the top to escape. <laughs> there you
1: go, just crouch in a corner. Well, don't even crouch, you're at risk of getting a sneak skill. Just just sit somewhere and hide.
0: No, do not even. Just let them do it and then walk off and, <laughs> off and just continue. I, I, the enemies don't follow you. Yeah?
1: A true pacifist.
0: Yeah, well, kind of. As much as I could be.
1: Just staring menacingly in the corner with sharpening your claws. That you're not going to use
0: exactly and to be fair my guy does look like he'd kick your ass like he's <laughs> fully jacked like looks kind of evil it was, it was cool I, I liked this character gubbins
1: good old gubbins
0: exactly um and so we all three of us escaped we made it we went back to riverwood spoke to delphine who was very happy for the first time in the whole f-ing game because we found esburn
1: still doesn't apologize for pulling a knife on you straight away but
0: uh no exactly she never does apologize for that, really. <laughs> um, but from there they say oh yeah let's go to Skyhaven temple it's a long old walk like jesus do you want do you want to come with or should we meet you there and i was like i'll meet you there and uh, fast traveled because i'd already <laughs> unlocked it as i mentioned earlier yeah uh went through the puzzles of Skyhaven temple really didn't have to do much here there was just a couple of foresworn to kill at the entrance but a uh, foresworn being just bandits like basic bandits but from a different area of the map um and this was incredibly easy because it was me lydia and two essential characters so i, I really did yeah. the work once again got through all the puzzles got in sky heaven temple got the plot reveal about alduin and his wall and what i needed to do ah let's go talk to the Greybeards. they taught me the clear skies shout which is part of the main quest so i could go to the top of the mountain and speak to their leader who turns out to be a dragon oh no scary he's a safe dragon we like parthenax he's a good guy
1: good old parthy yeah no i i definitely i'm a big old parthy stan
0: yeah i i never ever kill him never if i, if I can never. go i've done it once just to see what happens and the blades is like super ungrateful I was expecting more like reverence. So like, I'd, mate, I just killed the last f**ing dragon that you were after, basically. Like, what?
1: <laughs> and Pathanax is actually unlike the rest of the dragons. Very reasonable and actually a pretty chill guy. He's awesome. I love Pathanax. I wish there was an option to wipe out the blades,
0: but there isn't. Yes, like at the end of the I game, there's the option to wipe here. out Pathanax, but no option to wipe out the blades.
1: And there's no way you can resolve it really that mission without killing Pathanax. So there definitely needs to be a resolution where you don't kill him, because why would you ever want to? But then it sucks to have a mission that's not complete, so...
0: Exactly, that does bug me. But, uh, but no, I got Clear Skies from, uh, Parth- from the Greybiz, as so I say, spoke to Nax and he sent me off to go find an Elder Scroll. And this represented um, another tough part of the game, because for this, um, you have to get one of the two or three Elder Scrolls that are in the map. I forget how many. I think it's two. Um, I picked the one in the Tower of Mazark because there's a quest associated with it and I know where the quest giver was and then he pointed me to the area of the map. Right. So happy days. But as a part of this, by the time I got through that dungeon, which was a bit harder because the Falmer, which are like underground elves and the dwarven constructs and things are much tougher than the bandits and yeah. Draugr that I'd been fighting to this point. But I had Lydia with me and she was now kitted out in full blades armor with dragon. Uh, drag- <laughs> I can't remember what the... Um, um, the blade's cool, but it's one that does extra damage against dragons I thought that'd be useful
1: yes because unlike you you uh, who's not able to use anything you can kind of kit Lydia and other companions out with high level stuff thankfully I imagine that must have really helped you actually is making sure that if you do find anything cool at least you can just give it to Lydia
0: yeah it it really didn't help as much as you'd think it did for reasons that I'll come on to later particularly with the dragon weapon right but it was incredibly helpful for this section for sure because um, you know at, at one point during this like trip to get the Elder Scroll, I had to fight a dwarven centurion, the big fucking dwarf yeah, constructs that yeah. shoots the at If I was fighting that on my own, I'd have died so many times, mm-hmm. so many times.
1: At least it reduces the amount of time that she gets knocked onto the ground. Uh, it does, not rather, doesn't reduce the amount of time that she's knocked down, but reduces the frequency that she gets knocked down with that higher value armor.
0: Exactly, and she just does a lot more damage. It's yeah. great because uh, she's not level one. No, <laughs> she, she's she's whatever level she is. I don't know what level Lydia is. Um, but yes, as part of, so because I. Got this quest specifically knowing that it would take me directly to an Elder Scroll. I didn't really have to think about where I was going, I just followed the map. Did have to do the puzzle in the Tower of Mazark, but that just essentially is rotating crystally bits with some light, and you just have to get it all to align. Get the Elder Scroll, go back up to Parthenax. Read the Elder Scroll and get teleported back in time briefly to learn Dragon Rend, a very important shout that I'd be using, which basically stops a dragon from flying and pins it to the ground so it can't fly off, meaning I can actually attack the fkker.
1: Pretty useful considering that the only tools at your disposal personally are your claws.
0: Exactly, very useful indeed.
1: Kind of tough when you're just shouting at them threateningly while you're down on the ground and they're just circling above.
0: The great thing about Dragonrend is the second you get it, you get a chance to f***ing use it because you get to fight Alduin for the first time at this point. And uh, this was where Lydia's new setup came in real handy uh, because, again, I'm level one, so Alduin's not as strong as he could be. He's still strong. Like, hes they haven't nerfed everything to level one just because you are. But with Lydia, with the Dragonblade, I like just... It it wasn't too bad at all, this. Uh, It was a first-time victory. No real problems. A couple of dicey moments, because with Alduin, it's like three shots and you're dead. Right, yeah yeah but um nothing that a couple of potions in the inventory can't sort out and uh it's at this point that uh i had to go play peacekeeper for a little bit i had to go ask uh yarl balgraf of whiterun whether i could use his palace to capture a dragon because it's got a trap in there that's yeah perfect for the yeah. job he says no not until you the civil wars there's a
1: truce it's like a very beowulf type storyline there inspired there that you use the kind of the hall as the uh the capturing device
0: yeah it's not quite the hall but it's that sort of thing yeah. like you put him on a balcony basically it's quite cool Comes from that Trap idea, him in I sort think. of stocks. Yeah. But to do this, I had to play Peacekeeper. I had to go talk to the Stormcloaks and the Imperials, get them to come to a meeting overseen by the Greybeards. Normally, at this point, you can be incredibly biased towards whichever faction you're with, and say, you know, I only do the truce if you get this town, and you don't give anything to us.
1: <laughs> Just no diplomacy whatsoever. Just I like these guys, and therefore I'm fighting their corner.
0: Exactly, and it's hilarious because you get your way basically.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I, uh,
0: I played it neutral because I don't with this character. I didn't care, and also I wanted to see what it was like. I've only ever been extreme. I've mm, never mm. done neutral. The amount, the amount of hours I played Skyrim, something new. Uh, that that's kind of cool.
1: So does the neutral choice mean that no one changes outposts? They all just stay where they are.
0: No, it just means that it's a fair deal. You just have to, you just negotiate a fair deal rather than one that's heavily favoured. Right. Okay. Stormcloaks got Markarth, but the Imperials got Riften, and then um, I think the Stormcloaks got Falkreath as well, or something like that. Fine. Okay. And it was quite cool. They were they were both like, actually, these terms aren't too bad. You were pretty fair, mate. And uh, that was quite a nice outcome. Mm. But that was distracting me from my task. Finally, with that all settled, I could go back to Whiterun.
1: Enough of this bureaucratic bullshit. It's time to capture a dragon.
0: Exactly. What the fuck, man? I'm the Dragonborn. Look at me. My claws and <laughs> My rags. <laughs> and uh, Parthenax, being the lovely chap that he is, he taught me how to summon Odoving shout, which would summon the dragon Odaving, who would uh, come down. And uh, we'd have a little fight. I used Dragon Rend to pin him to the balcony. And well I'd love to tell you that there was this epic battle where I fought this dragon and. Um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of out.
1: loving to tell me.
0: <laughs> this balcony is just full of guards. Right, okay. <laughs> and I had Lydia with me, and Jarl Balgriff was there, and he's essential, so he can't die. Uh so really all I had to do was just beckon him in.
1: The sorcerer's also got spells, I think, that he can shoot. I can't remember what the name of the the kind of the king's advisor that's also like a sorcerer slash alchemist.
0: I don't think Farangar was there, but Um, this wasn't too bad because you don't actually have to kill the dragon you just have to get him to come inside and the trap drops on him Yeah. we had a little chat I say let's release the dragon the guards are all like what the motherfucking hell are you talking about (laughs) fella you've just captured this guy I don't want him loose I'm like he's going to take me off to
1: Trust me, you guys, we're friends now. That dragon that we spent five minutes attacking, me and him are buds. It's an unspoken bond. Just
0: trust me on this. Yeah, and they did, stupid because f- The dragon tore the place up. No, that would be hilarious, <laughs> but no. I get on the dragon's back, and I fly to Skaldafin. and this is something that I wasn't expecting that now happened in the room, which could potentially change everything. Lydia couldn't come with me. <laughs> On this section of the, I, I thought I'd never because I never used companions in Skyrim, so I figured that Lydia would just come with me. Yeah, but you can't. From this point onwards, I was on my own.
1: The safety net has disappeared.
0: Yeah, I, I was sort of on my own. We'll come into reasons why later. But basically, in Skulldaffin which is just another area of the map that you can't really access until this point, and you can't access afterwards. Mm. What you're meant to do is you're meant to have this epic fight through loads of draugr, a dragon comes down, you kill the dragon, go through this internal dungeon bit with loads more draugr, loads of puzzles, good times, come out the other end and have a massive fight with a dragon priest and loads of other draugr before opening a portal and going to Sovngarde, which is the Nordic uh, like afterlife. That's what's meant to happen. What I did... <laughs> is using a combination of whirlwind sprint and just running, is I ran past every single person outside, f***ed off the dragon, wasn't fighting that motherfucker on my own, yep. not a chance, yep. got to the inner dungeons, ran past everything I possibly could until I got to the first puzzle section, and then I had to run around the area like a madman, one-two punching people, because there were <laughs> quite You'd a lot aggroed
1: everyone up until that point. I doubt they all followed you, but yeah.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. They, they didn't all follow me, but there was a lot. I, uh, this was probably 7 or 8 enemies on one
1: yeah yeah
0: thankfully I'm level one so they're all still relatively weak but there was more level two than level one enemies, if you see what I mean. Whereas before, the ratio might have been a bit more Mm. even. So there was some jeopardy here, and I did have to use a lot of potions, because again, three or four hits from these guys and I'm dead.
1: Just a game of kiting them, repeatedly using your Fuzz Rodar, smacking them when they're down, that sort of approach?
0: That sort of thing, but really I didn't use Fuzz Rodar that much, actually. right. I did occasionally, to crowd control a bit in the early stages, but once you get it to a certain point, it's just more efficient to just one two bang run one two bang duck and weave duck and weave baby yeah eventually cleared the room did me puzzles and uh got to the outside area and because i knew the fight was coming up i did i knew that the staff that unlocks the portal actually starts off in the pedestal it's in so the portal's open right and when you get to a certain point on the map the dragon priest starts walking towards the staff to get it and close the portal I just ran past him and jumped into the portal
1: before he could do anything. That's really cool. I didn't even know you could do that. That's cool. Yeah, you can.
0: You miss out on the Dragon Priest mask and the unique staff, which you can never forget back, so that's why I'd never do it on a normal run. Yeah. But this runs with the best will in the world, isn't what I call a serious Skyrim. No. (laughs) No. I'm not collecting every item that I'm going to store in a house meticulously in various sections like I have done in the past. So, yeah, went in the portal and... uh, had to do some clearing of skies just to get the fog out of the way. Got my way to the Hall of Hero, the Hall of Valor, sorry. And uh, had to do have a quick fight with the bouncer, if you like, a chap called Sun.
1: Yeah, yeah. Got to prove yourself, obviously.
0: I thought this was going to be harder, I'm not going to lie. But um, I just, like, I think I hit him five times and he was like, oh, oh.
1: <laughs> I yield! I yield! Yeah, you come in, mate. What the f- what kind of Hall of Valor is this? You just slapped him round a few times and he instantly bent over for you. Jesus.
0: I know. And he's a big lad too. Like He, he, could, he could have torn me in half if he wanted to. But You're no, just, a, just cat a cat in rags. rags. <laughs> Went into the Hall of Valor. Uh, had to talk to some people. Uh, a nice thing about this part of the game is that you can see like various heroes of Skyrim if you mm. walk around that uh, you might have heard about in the lore but not gubbins mate he's not interested in that shit. I had to endure some talking that I really wanted to hurry them along so I could get out and uh, kill Alduin here and it was time for Alduin battle 2 and and Will I'd love to tell you this uh, <laughs> Here we go. this was an epic battle uh, with you know me versus Alduin one on one but uh, the game gives you three essential characters to do this fight with with so really i let them distract him and just like hit him in the ass quite a bit <laughs> and uh i just killed him really easily and uh, was able to win the challenge
1: <laughs> Congratulations man, it sounds very well deserved. Although, uh, I I guess, what with the three essential characters, probably uh, a bit of an anti-climax there on the final boss. But that wasn't the challenge man, it wasn't about killing the final boss, it was about the sum of all the parts of the challenge. You managed to get through the main quest, and you did it within all the parameters that I set you last week. So congratulations on this one. Your losing streak has ended. You can breathe a sigh of relief.
0: It has. I've brought it back to 5-4. Uh, final time was 4 hours 51 minutes, if you're interested. It, it was
1: quicker than I thought,
0: I won't lie. But the fact that I probably wasted time getting the gloves of the pugilist, which I ended up not using, that probably would shave 40 minutes off that. Right. I, I mean, this this could have been quicker, but I, I thought it'd be harder, I'm not going to lie. Um, but... Companions are overpowered. Yes, I'll clearly. Just say it. Yeah, at, yeah. at level one, companions are overpowered and the game gives you a lot of essential companions for various fights in the game.
1: So one of the biggest problems with Skyrim, in my opinion, is the amount of essential characters is too goddamn high.
0: And when their quest lines are over, they don't become non-essential. That's the thing that annoys me more.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: But there it is. 5-4. Coming back, I'm still in a precarious position. I need you not to win this challenge. That I'm about to <laughs> set you, otherwise, it's uh, it's very much curtains for me. So, are you ready to hear what that challenge is?
1: I am. Let's get it.
0: So, Will, my challenge to you this week is. to beat me in a round of match play in The Golf Club 2019.
1: Okay, I'm down for it.
0: So this is a golf simulator game. It is currently available for, I believe, £1.89 on CD (laughs) Keys. Might be £3, I might be lying to you, but you're not going to spend much money on it. We won't
1: be breaking the bank on this one, okay. That's good. Golf is not really my sport, so, uh, yeah. I don't believe that you can change the swing settings in this game particularly,
0: but if you can, and I just couldn't find the option, you just have to use the default, whatever it is. That's what I've got on mine, make. make it fair and the course and weather conditions and things of that nature will be my choice when we play
1: okay okay so it's gonna be uh that will be the mystery but i've got a week to practice otherwise
0: exactly other than that play the game practice and we'll uh we'll tee off next week
1: looking forward to it man sounds like a good one
0: So with that, we come to the end of the show. If you have enjoyed what you've listened to, you can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pod Mode.
1: We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode.
0: You can also find us on X by searching for at TotalPodMode, all one word.
1: Or you can find me at Hudafunk on X, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash And
0: you can find me on X at MrBames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash MrBames underscore TPM. And please do drop us a like, drop us a comment, follow us on those social media platforms. We'd love to hear from you, and it's a, a great way to support the channel
1: absolutely man we really do appreciate all the support we've received so far yes we're very grateful and we'd be very grateful if you join us again next
0: week so until then goodbye
1: bye guys